Hi, this is Eitan Phillips, and we're on Teen uh, Jewish Teen Talk, which is a new podcast. We think it's the first of its kind, um, which is Jewish teen issues that come up um, in the minds of young Jewish teenagers. Any issues, any questions, we're interested in talking about them. I'm here with Rav Eitan Ben David, who is the rabbi of um, Shivte Yisrael Synagogue. Hey, yeah, uh, Rav Eitan from Shifta Yisrael Synagogue in Renana, Shul in Renana. And um, yeah, this idea came about because of, um, I'm youth director in Shifta Yisrael. And we were thinking, you know, what can we do for the youth then? This is basically came up as an idea, but essentially anyone can listen in um, around the world. And we're going to try and keep it relevant uh, for teenagers. And we're really excited about it. And if people have suggestions, then feel free to get in contact with what we could talk about. We're going to actually open up about with a difficult question, but something that's fundamental to our own beliefs um, as Jewish uh, religious people, Orthodox. And that's the existence of God and the belief in God. Um, and every week we're going to try and have something different and, you know, ranging from beliefs, but also talking about just regular teenage issues. And we're just interested in speaking about things that you guys are interested in. And sometimes we'll have different guests on. So without further ado, let's get straight into our topic tonight. So Rav Eitan, someone yeah, comes to hello, you. Hello, hello. It's great to be here. Thank you so much, Eitan, for this initiative. And uh, please, God, this should be, you know, very successful. And I hope many teens from Shifte and Beyond will, will listen in and join us and uh, start thinking about some of these issues. Okay, great. Um, Ravetan, if someone comes to you, they're 15 years old, and they've had some doubts, you know, they've looked around and some of their friends aren't exactly religious, and people just they, they are around them aren't necessarily keeping a religious way of life. And they say, what do I need God for? Who says that God exists? Maybe this world just happens to be, and it all came out of the Big Bang, which we might believe in. Um, let's speak about that maybe a little bit. But, but what would you say to someone who's basically doubting the existence of God? Hmm. It's a really, really important and fundamental question. And I do believe that whether you're a youth or your teenage years uh, or you're older, you're in your 30s like myself, that we always need to think about these questions and come back to them. And actually today I was talking to a congregant of ours who's doing a tour guide course here in Israel. And uh, he was telling me about the course. And it, it was so interesting because he said that the, it, it seems that the, it's Dafka, the Jews, the Jewish tour guides, who are the most ashamed of their belief as Jews. So you always get these tour guides who say, you know, listen, I'm Jewish, but I don't believe in anything. Don't worry. You know, and uh, so it, it's interesting that the, the Jews, that sometimes we, we are the ones who struggle with this the most. And uh, if you ever have a crowd of people and there are atheists in there, it's a good chance they're, they're likely going to be a Jew. So, uh, so this is something we struggle with, that Jews in general talk about and, and have questions about and struggle with. And, um, and of course, teens do as well. And uh, I, think, I think that, first of all, I want to say that any teen who's thinking about these issues, I think that's fantastic. Because the worst thing is for a person, any person or a teen, to just be apathetic, to not care. The fact that someone's even asking a question, the fact that a person has doubt and is skeptical and is, and is probing and thinking, and that's fantastic. And I think the first thing I want to share so is- Rabbi, sorry, before you get onto the first thing, I, person. Rabbi, just before you get onto the first thing, I just want to say that the, 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 that point you just made is exactly the reason for this podcast, that we're interested 
to engage people who are thinking. And that's why it's so important. What you said just now, I think, is a lot of teens out there are mm -hmm. actually thinking. And it's so important to really provide something for them. So, so uh, yeah, without keep going, let's, let's hear what you've got to say. Fantastic. And, you know, I think sometimes people get stuck on trying to find proofs for the existence of God. You know, there right. are these, there are, and there are proofs out there. In fact, many medieval Jewish thinkers, the Rambam, for example, uh, tried to bring proofs, logical, rational proofs that God exists. For example, there's uh, something called the cosmological proof, which the Rambam quotes, and that is that, well, if, you know, if the, all the planet, planets are moving, and if things exist, they must have been caused by some earlier cause. How could all these things exist without there have been a creator who brought these things into existence? And so that's like a logical proof. Now, and there are a whole range of them. There's the cosmological proof, the ontological proof, teleological proof, all these rational proofs that people bring. But the truth is that proving God philosophically, it, you might be convinced, and if, if you are, you might be convinced, but that might not move you. That might not inspire you. That doesn't speak to your soul. That just makes God into some conceptual abstraction, as if it's like some, you know, arithmetic equation of sorts. You know, or God is an algorithm, you know, well, there's a world, so God must have created the world. There's nothing inspiring about that. And what speaks to me is a, actually a very different path of connecting to God and finding God in the world. And that is, it's not about proof. It's not about bringing a logical argument. In fact, this week we're going to read the uh, Parashat Yitro. The Torah never brings a proof for the existence of God. There's no logical proof with different theories and geometric proofs. There's no such thing. It doesn't exist. Because the, the Torah is not a book of philosophy. And there's no proof for this. It's, it's just assumed. Anochi Hashem Elokecha. I am Hashem, your God, who took you out of Egypt. And by extension, you know, for us, who didn't experience the exodus from Egypt, and we didn't experience Matan Torah. So for us, we can gain connection to Hashem through our intuition, through religious experience. Now, sometimes you have a feeling, a thirst, a yearning for something beyond yourself, an awareness that the world is just, the universe is much bigger than ourselves. You have a feeling maybe of being lost, you have a feeling of disconnection. That feeling is your neshama speaking to you. That feeling is a yearning for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, a thirst for something larger than ourselves. And a person needs to look inside to find that. It's not about a proof. It's about an experience. It's about, about a feeling. It's about probing inside oneself. And that's, that's something that at least I know speaks to me when I think about, you know, sort of how to find God in, in, our, in our lives. I think that's uh, really beautiful. And I'm just going to pick on two points there. I think that um, there's something that Rabbi Sachs, um, Zichon Alevacha, actually uh, always used to say, is that faith mm -hmm. is not about certainty. certainty. It's about the courage to live with uncertainty. And let's just unpack that quote a little bit for a second. I think that's a very powerful quote. That really in this postmodern world, in the world that we live in, it's very difficult to really be certain about anything so let's just take a relationship for example one day everyone who's listening to this is gonna one day invest in a relationship please god very considerably 
Um, but they're going to put faith in that relationship, meaning they don't know that person won't cheat on them. That person won't stop loving them one day or they'll stop loving that other person. But they're going to invest their whole life in that one person because they take a leap of faith. And they say that to be courageous is to actually live by something rather than saying, well, we really have no idea how this world was created. There's no proof for anything and anything could be true. And therefore, let's just do nothing and just be like live the way that we want to that second. Faith is really about saying, no, I think there's reasonable proof out there. Not necessarily foolproof, but there's, there's, there's enough to believe it's rational. There's enough to believe that there is a God. There's enough to believe that religion is meaningful and religion, religion is good. And therefore to say, I'm going to act on that. I'm going to actually go for it. And, and I think this is, that, that is what that quote means. Rabbi, do you have anything to say about that quote? Hmm. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's, I think it's such an important quote um, because, first of all, the word emunah, in, in the Torah, in Jewish thought, and would not really means loyalty to something. And again, as you're speaking about loyalty to another person, loyalty to your wife or your spouse, or your husband, loyalty to commit to something, even when something's really hard, loyalty to do the right thing, even when you don't see results, even when uh, things are not going well, you still want to do the right thing. And, you know, connecting to this notion of a relationship is a famous quote by Kierkegaard. He was a, he was a non-Jewish philosopher who was quoted uh, by Rav Soloveitchik. And, and Kierkegaard said as follows, does the loving bride in the embrace of her beloved ask for proof that he is alive and well? When you're hugging someone, you don't need proof to, that they exist. It's something you feel. It's a feeling. It's a passionate feeling. It's a connection. And so one doesn't need ultimate proof or certain proof of that. But I also think that you know, if we could prove 100% that God existed, there would, be, there would really be nothing so special about believing in God. And what belief in God does is that it creates a challenge. It challenges us. It challenges us to live and to do the right thing, even without a sense of, uh, of certainty. You know, there's, there's another, um, there's a beautiful idea quoted by the Mehashiloach. The Mehashiloach is one of the early Hasidic thinkers. And this is how he argues. How do we know that, that, that maybe that God exists or that, that we have to search for God in our lives or that we have to bring God into our life? And listen to his proof. It's a fascinating proof. It's based on a really interesting Midrash. The Midrash says as follows that, and it talks about how Avraham found God. How did Avraham find, found, find God? Well, one day Avraham was walking from place to place. And he saw a burning palace. And he said, who is, the, who is the head of this palace? Who is the ruler of this palace? There must be someone who's taking care of this palace. Why is it burning? Why is nobody putting out the fire? He seats, and the Midrash goes on and says, the master of the palace came out of the palace and glanced at the, walk, the passerby who was Abraham. And he says, I am the Baal Habira. Now, what's the meaning of this parable, of this mashal? Abraham is the one who's walking around the world and he sees, doesn't see necessarily the natural order in the world, doesn't see its beauty. He sees terrible things. He sees tragedy. He sees loss. He sees things that don't make sense to him. He sees questions. He sees a fire. The world is on fire. And this is what causes him to believe in Hashem. Now, how does, 
seeing the world on fire cause Abraham to believe in Hashem? And the answer is the Me'ash Yilach says that you have to read the words of the Midrash carefully. It doesn't say, he tzitz a love, rather he tzitz a love, okay? And what that means is that Hashem is saying to, to Abraham, Abraham, you know what the answer to your question is about why the palace is burning and what you should do about it? You have to look in yourself. Look towards yourself. He glanced upon him and said, Abraham, the answer to your question can be found within yourself. Because if you feel that something's wrong in the world, what's causing your heart to stir? What's causing you to think this? What's bothering you about this? Well, that feeling of being bothered, of being troubled, that concern, that is your consciousness. That's, sorry, that's your conscience. And that is your conscience telling you that you need to go and do something about this. You need to put out that fire. They need to extinguish the fire. And that is the way, these are some of the ways that Hashem speaks to us. Again, as you were saying, Eitan, quoting from uh, Rabbi Sachs, there isn't a sense of certainty here. There's the fact that Dafka things are not certain, but it's out of that feeling of uncertainty, that something's wrong, that something's out of place in the world, that we could actually find Hashem. And that's Hashem calling to us. But if you feel there's something wrong here, that's your conscience. That's your nishama that I placed in you. And I want you to feel that way. I want you to try to perfect the world and be my partner in doing that. So this is, this is how I think emunah can be connected to dafka not knowing or to feeling troubled and to having questions and doubts. So that's an interesting oh, point that you, that you bring up. That's very interesting. I really like that, Midrash. Um, one thing I want to do, though, is I do want to make a difference, and you could correct me if you feel I'm, I'm wrong about this difference, between belief and atheism. And I think the difference for me is that belief basically means that we believe this world has a purpose, was created by a being, by, we, to define that being is difficult, but by a being that created the world with a a purpose and that gave every single individual within it a purpose and that the world is going somewhere and therefore everything means something. For an atheist, however, what you basically have to believe is that this world just came about by an accident, um, just happened to be because of some freak material accident. Who created that material? We don't know yet. Science, an atheist will tell you, well, we'll wait for science to tell us how and why and what. But that, that somehow there's an accident out there, that, which is this world. And that me and you and every single one listening is just a freak material coming together, particles acting, but really nothing planned or any purpose to your life. We need to construct purpose. Me and you will, as an atheist, like if we were atheists, we would need to construct a purpose and construct meaning. But there isn't really anything mm -hmm. behind this world. It's just a bunch of material working together. And that could be very tragic. It might mean that the end of the world is very near. It might mean anything. It's just that whatever it is, it is. There's no real reason to it. There's no real rhyme to it. And you don't really have a purpose. You might want to try and find purpose for yourself, but that's not okay. Now, a believer will say, no, God created the world. There was some, there's a reason for everything we see, everything we're doing. We have a reason for it. There's meaning to this world and there's purpose. And therefore, morality is also something that comes, Musal, right? It's something that really comes out of this, is that, Obviously, you could be an atheist and be a moral person. I'm not trying to say that, 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 um, that an atheist can't be moral. Um, 
But morality is something that comes out of the fact that really that there's good and bad in this world. But there's only good and bad in this world mm. objectively if this world really has a purpose and there's really reason to it and there's really justice and there's really something working behind it. And we're not just particles moving without any yeah. re reason. Yeah. For it. I mean, I, I, think you're make, I, think, I, think you're, I think you're making such an important point, Eitan, that yeah. believing in God isn't just believing that God created the universe. It's a belief that the universe was created with a purpose. It's a belief, therefore, that I have a purpose in this world. If God created me along with that as, as one being in this universe, it means that he believes in me. He has faith in me to do good in this world. And so it really changes everything. And also what you said about ethics and morality, you know, there's a, there's a famous uh, comment or idea that emerges in, in a book by Dostoevsky, the famous Russian author, in a book called The Brothers Karamazov. And it's a book that has all these arguments about faith and truth. And one of the points that comes out of the book is that if there is no God, then everything is permitted. Because what ultimately gives us our moral ethical system? It's that there's a belief that there's a God. Why, why can't I kill someone? Why can't I steal? Why can't I lie? It's because ultimately we believe that there's a higher sense of justice. There's a higher truth. And that we are beholden to that. Right. And if, and if there's no God, then I should just be able to do whatever I want. I mean, this is the argument that comes out from Brothers Karamazov. And I think it's actually a very Jewish view. That, uh, and, and I think it's, it's absolutely true what you're saying. That, that, um, and, and I think, and to go back to that, this point from the Mea Shiloach, if you feel very strongly and you believe in something and you have a passion and you feel committed to doing something, good in this world and to making a better place, that might be Hashem talking to you. That might be the, the derech through which you could find and connect to Hashem and find a proof. That could be a proof in and of itself. And maybe we have to listen a little bit better to those calls that we, uh, that we have, to those feelings, to those convictions and beliefs that we have. That could be, those convictions could be Hashem speaking, speaking through us, that feeling that there's a meaning in life. I'll just speak on a personal level. You know, I, I guess when I was younger, when I was in my teenage years, yeah, I used to think about these proofs. And especially I used actually studied philosophy when I was at university. So these were proofs, you know, these are books you have to read Aristotle and you, you read Plato and you read Kierkegaard and Kant and all these books. But, you know, over time, I guess I sort of looked a little bit more within and I, I just had this very deep conviction that... I have to wake up in the world and try to make the world a better place. Like, I can't explain it. I, I can't, I don't know if there's a logic to it, but no matter where I've gone and no matter where I've traveled, whatever I've done in life, I, that's been an abiding belief and conviction of my life. And for me, I feel that's like Hashem speaking to me in a little bit. Not that I'm not a Navi, I'm not a prophet, but that for me is just, it's just so, it's very deep. And, um, and that's that. That's what I think we need to we need to sort of all dig in and try to hear that voice in our own lives. You know, the the Sfat says that you know Hashem didn't just call Abraham lech He actually calls to all of us. But Abraham was unique because he was able to hear that call. And I, I think, think that's the so beautiful. For all of us is: Are we able to hear that call? Are we are we willing to hear that call? Do we want to hear it? And are we willing to act upon it? And that's what I think real emuna is, the willingness to pursue those, those callings from Hashem.
it's definitely yeah, a challenge and sometimes yeah. it's difficult um and there's a lot in there that you just said that would need unpacking and i think hopefully throughout future episodes maybe we can unpack some more of that because there was a lot of content there um i just want to say that the main point that we've made is that it's not necessarily about a rational idea but it's more about um experience and the way that we feel things and therefore it's very important to have religiously meaningful experience experiences especially yeah. as a youth uh especially as young people and definitely as you get older as well to have those experiences um and the other thing i would say is that there are actually a lot of people that claim there's a lot of rationale and a lot of um sophisticated reasoning behind believing in God beyond what we've talked about, which is you could take it or leave it. And that's what the rabbi was talking about in his philosophy classes. And it's not necessarily what will change people, but it's definitely, it's, it's important to know that belief in God is not a stupid thing. You know, it's not something that um, people, you know, that all those idiots, they really believe in, in God with all those laws and that really stupid religion. But actually there's a lot of very smart people who believe in God and there's a lot of smart even math behind it, physics behind it, whatever you might call it. Um, and, and, it's, and, and also, I think the other important thing is that we don't reject science by saying that, and this is something that, that the rabbi and I are going to speak about maybe in the future, is that just because we believe that there's a God doesn't mean that we reject everything about science. I mean, I, I personally believe that there was a Big Bang, um, and I think that actually brings us probably closer to belief in God than, than away from it. I, any thoughts on that, Rabbi, about science? I mean, just very briefly, because we'll yeah, speak yeah, about I mean, another I mean, I, mean, I mean, such an important point that, and this is something that's mentioned in the Kuzari of Rabbi Udalibi, and I think this is a general uh, way of thinking, in general, in Jewish thought, that even if belief in God is something that goes beyond the rational, it's supra-rational, it, it's still something that's logical. It doesn't, it's not anti-logical. It's, it's not something that can be proved in either direction. And uh, yeah, there's certainly been, you know, many, many smart people. We spoke about Rabbi Sachs, right? Can you think of a more brilliant human being than Rabbi Jonathan Sachs? Rev Soloveitchik, Rev Cook. There are many great and ingenious people who, who believe in God. And um, anyone who thinks that you're a fool for believing in God, you know, doesn't, um, you know, should, should just look at all the great geniuses in the world who have uh, been connecting to God. And that includes great scientists and doctors and, um, you know, but uh, uh, so I think that's that's a really important point that you make. And uh, in terms of science, yeah, I, I I do not believe that believing in God contradicts science. I actually think that when you look at science and you look at the world and you look at nature, you say, "Wow, marabu Hashem. it's unbelievable." All the you know, science helps us to see the beauty in the world that God created. Science, the electron microscope, you can see that from the, the smallest. You know, minuscule, you know, from a, on a molecular level, you see the beauty, the order, the structure of creation. And if you look at the a huge telescope, the Hubble telescope, you could see that this is true, you know, looking into the, peering into the universe as well. There's structure, there's order, there's beauty, there's geniusness, there's chokhmah that was clearly placed in the world. And for me, again, these are signs uh, that, uh, that there must have been a creator. 
This is how we feel God's presence in the world. So science, instead of contradicting belief in God, I think it's one of the strongest proofs. Right. And I'm, I'm just going to throw out a book recommendation for anyone who's listening. Um, the Great Partnership by Rabbi Jonathan Sachs is really a great place to start when it comes to this, uh, um, when it comes to this conversation about uh, science and religion and how the two don't really conflict. Time, but can you see any, can you see any, any, any youth, can you see any youth reading that book? I think that more books need to be made, um, need to be summarized on YouTube because people don't read as much as they used to, but they do watch a lot of YouTube summaries. So I, I, I actually, another project that I want to work on, but that's another thing is uh, summarizing books. But, but either way, if you want to read a book and if you're really curious, then pick up that book. Um, but otherwise, there's lots of YouTube videos out there talking about this subject. There's actually uh, Rabbi Daniel Rowe. I really recommend this. Rabbi Daniel Rowe debating with a famous atheist called AC Grayling on YouTube. It's about an hour long, but if you guys sit tight on a car journey or something, you guys could uh, definitely sit through that one. And Rabbi Daniel Rowe is a really, really, really smart guy and a mathematician and, and all sorts. So yeah, that's another one uh, to, to look out for. By the way, we're going to wrap this one up because the uh, episode's coming to an end, but we're really mm -hmm. excited to be speaking about these issues. And I think as you could tell, we could really speak about this into the night and there's a lot more to talk about. But um, yeah, we're, we're excited about this thing and, and we hope you guys enjoyed. And, 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 and Eitan, I'll just add one more thing that for, for those of you, the youth out there who have questions or comments, you know, if you write into us or if you share your comments in a message of sorts, we would love to address your questions and your comments in some of the upcoming episodes. So share those thoughts and we'll, we'll, we will include your ideas as well and maybe even do some interviews with the youth in the coming, uh, coming, coming future. A hundred percent, definitely. Thank you, Eitan. This is really fantastic. And I look forward to uh, continuing this podcast in the future. Okay, great. Let's talk. Okay.